into 1 John 2, verses 13 through 22, from the New King James Version. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? And Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body and therefore when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said this to them and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said and I would like to use as a subject today it's all about Jesus it's all about Jesus we will now be blessed with another song from our praise team <laughs> Yeah. 
with you forever.
churches today are dealing with the same things that they did in Bible times. And that is, man likes to mess up what God sets up. Do I need to say that again? We are doing the same thing, no different. Just another year and another time. We're doing the same thing that churches did in the olden times. We likes to mess up what God sets up. America has been dealing with the ache of abandonment due to this COVID pandemic. And yet, our God is not surprised by this viral outbreak nor the latest variant spreading rapidly upon the earth. Brother Leon, he's not surprised by the floods and the fires and the heat waves and the mudslides and the earthquakes and the famines and the systemic injustice and insurrections and stop the steal in the land. He's not surprised. He's not surprised by corrupt leaders and self-serving politicians and stealing and lying and cheating biased news and covert propaganda and much more evil than we grasp in the world. Everybody doing what is best for themselves instead of what's best for the people they lead or represent. But I am convinced this morning, deacons, that this coronavirus outbreak is possibly the greatest outreach opportunity for the church worldwide. The coronavirus has covered the globe and thus brought missions to our own turf. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, the Lord is still our light and our salvation. He is still the strength of our life. And so whom shall we be afraid of? We can still lift our eyes unto the hills from which come our help. Why? Because our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so while churches today are still giving their people half of God's promises. Jesus is still interrupting our traditional services. You can call it light or you can call it full. He's still in the way-making business. His spirit is still showing up and showing out. The Holy Spirit still leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream until it comes to the end of the carrots and dips his wings in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. This morning our text is taking us to a place in the Jewish temple. And to make it plain, it's taking us to church. The temple or the church had become a shopping mall. Pens of sheep and goats and doves and other animals for sacrifice were everywhere. Money changers operated several of the tables. And in one sense, these merchants provided a needed service. Worshippers had come from great distances and they were expected to offer animal sacrifices and financial gifts at the temple. And these pilgrims found it convenient. So instead of bringing their sacrifice with them, they would just purchase it from someone else for a price. What had started out as a convenience turned into a very profitable money-making scheme. The priests and the local politicians maintained strict control over franchises in the temple, uh, we say in the church, and they often demanded a kickback, 
Once merchants had a corner on the market, they felt free to do as they pleased. Money changers would charge high fees to exchange the shekels for pagan coins, and those who sold sacrificial animals would mark up their prices too. And just in case someone got the wise idea of setting up a competing market elsewhere and undercut the temple sellers, the priests had that covered too. Before an animal could be sacrificed, it had to pass a temple inspection. And the priests would simply reject any animal that didn't come from their licensed merchants. And so the modern church, in all of its extravagance and need for relevance, has done the same thing. Come on, somebody. It looks for ways to assist God and push its own agenda and views of Scripture. Ah, the gospel writer John in our text begins telling us the reason Jesus went up to Jerusalem, the reason he came to church this morning. He, he did so because this celebration of Passover was a time when God's power and protection of the Hebrews in Egypt was commemorated. He did so because God commanded the Passover celebration. He did so because this was an opportunity to worship God. See, this is the first Passover Jesus could attend after his public ministry started. He would attend two more, and the third being at his own crucifixion. The point Jesus makes at this, the first Passover, is his passion to zeal, or zeal for pure worship. And I think we can imagine the anticipation the worshiper had during these days of the Passover celebration. Passover was one of the pilgrimage celebrations like communion in our church. And so this means that the worshipers would make their way to Jerusalem, to the temple, to make sacrificial offering and worship God. But along the way, often the Psalms were sung commemorating God's deliverance during the Passover. And isn't it interesting, the Lamb of God would come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover? What did Jesus find in church? Somebody say church when he arrived. Perhaps the same thing he would find if he visited many of our churches uh, in our homes on Sunday mornings since the pandemic. He didn't find worshipers, but he found a market setting, which included buying and selling, negotiating and cutting deals, and taking advantage of the poor. He saw the glory of God's house turn into a place where those who had set up trade within the temple grounds cheated the poor worshipers. He saw selling and bargaining, not worship. He saw great profit, but not praise. Jesus' blood began to boil, and his holy anger was stirred up. His zeal for his father's worship consumed him. The church was to be the place where people joined together to worship God, to pray to where the Bible was to be read and preached. And no one could hear the sermon for the building wars out of the temple. Oh, lest I forget, there was a temple tax that had to be paid at Passover. Here, even though you brought money with you, your own currency wasn't good enough. The temple tax had to be pagan money. And of course, the money changers also charged a fee to exchange the money for the temple currency. Jesus was sick and tired of watching these swindlers taking advantage of his people. Oh, Brother Leon, he was sick and tired 
of the worship of God being defamed by crooks. So he makes a whip and he goes to work. Somebody say he goes to work. Can you imagine the commotion and the dust rising from the temple courts that day? Can you imagine lambs were running loose all over the place? Can you imagine money was rolling all over the courtyard? Those engaged in profiting from the poor worshipers was running for their lives. It wasn't an army, deacons, or a gathering of local magistrates, but one man, one man with a passion for God had one whip. Come on, somebody, one whip. And my brothers and sisters, I believe we are at that same point in history again. No, Jesus has not returned with a whip to clean out the church. But this time, he turned out the lights. Can I get an amen? He closed the doors to the church. And he told the ushers to go home, the place of worship. Man had messed up what God had set up. So Jesus literally shut the temple down. He shut down the church that day, throwing everything into chaos. He occupied the church. Had his disciples to shut the gates. And as John remembers, he gave further teaching. See, Jesus occupied the temple. He was in the house because the people in charge had lost the script and were perpetrating injustice. Jesus was not only speaking truth to power, he was demonstrating it. I believe this season we're in, God has done the same thing again. We have too many ministers and leaders, young and old. Picking and choosing what God intends for this church age. Ah, oh, come on somebody. They have taken what God has established and flipped it for the purpose of popularity and notoriety. Whether you're in here or on the airways, I came to announce that it's a setup. That God had a setup. And when COVID struck, God had set up a power plan for his church. Somebody see a power plan. And it was called the Pentecost. Yes, yes. Pentecost was never supposed to cease. They tell their people that was for another time and people and place. You don't go to a restaurant and get a full menu only to be told you can only order from the first page because the other pages are reminders of what people used to do. Nor would you fully go to a stocked Walmart with a small designated area of items and, and, and feel that you need while the rest of the store is meant to be a collection of things they want sold. And yet this is how the word is given to people today. Like church is some kind of Burger King. Folk today are retreating God's word like sour milk and throwing it up because to them it has expired and served its time. Oh, I don't have no witnesses in here this morning. Churches may change their names. The building may be more modern. They may change their style of worship. And their praise team may replace the choir. Phones and tablets may have the digital word replacing the printed word. The, pop, the pulpit may change. The way we connect people may change. But one thing that will never change is that God is never canceled out. Come on, somebody. The anointing is never canceled out. The power of the Holy Spirit. It is the only thing that can break the yokes of bondage. We may have to change the packaging, but you don't sacrifice the formula. In the 80s and 90s, Coke and Pepsi mixed, uh, messed with the formula by introducing new Coke and a new crystal Pepsi. And both of them were rejected. You can't replace the original form. As Sister Tammy Chapman prayed on Thursday morning, she kept referring to the process. Trust the process. Trust in God in the process. So what Jesus saw in the temple or in church then is what he's seeing in the church today. We got the Holy Spirit caged up and unable.
able to move freely and to move freely and to do his work. When the church cages up the Holy Spirit, we lose control. Without the Holy Spirit, folk can live any way they want to and never feel conviction about their sins. Jesus told his disciples, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I may go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come upon you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the word, a world of sin. Jesus told us that he would send the Holy Spirit to comfort the believer and convict the sinner. The Holy Spirit can't do that if we cage him up and not allow him to do what he came to do. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel a pressing coming in here. And that is why Jesus was so upset because the church was binding up the gift he left us. Churches are treating the Holy Spirit like a bad gift and setting it aside only to be forgotten. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us to empower us in the earth to do his work. He said, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter. So he said, in, in other words, in my name, shall they cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They shall take up servants. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Is it not so? And yet we, the modern church, with all of our advancements, lock up the Holy Spirit with our unbelief. We read about the Holy Spirit in the Bible, and then we tell ourselves, it's not for us today. Not so. Yes, the Holy Spirit is for us today. He has not changed, and God has no respect of persons. What he did for those in the Bible, he will do for us today. He can still do great things in our lives. If we can believe it, we can receive it. So we put the Holy Spirit in a cage. And I thought... When we came back to church, the folk would come in here rejoicing. But I found out they just needed a seat. Are you with me? So, 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 so we cage up the Holy Spirit to keep him from moving. And if you keep him from moving, there is nothing life-changing in the church. So the biggest cage we place the Holy Spirit in is with our sin. You can't troll up in here on Sunday. After sowing your, sowing your wild oats, expect to pray for your failed crops. Let me put it this way. You place the Holy Spirit in a cage and drop a cloth over him with that don't look at me attitude. And every time he starts working on you, you are trying to keep it from clicking on that image. From entering that bathroom or that bedroom. From turning up that bottle. From raising up that fist from taking that last pill and from every sin that your flesh tries to indulge you in. The Holy Spirit is the one who keeps us and holds us. The Holy Spirit's first name is holy. That means sanctify yourself therefore and be you holy for I am holy. In the modern day church, it seems we have a whole lot of tools and resources, but we still suffer from power outages. We have church, but no power. Oh, come on, somebody. I need you to help me in here. We got a lot of clouds without water. Carrying a bottle of winds and trees that don't bear fuel anymore. Twice dead, plucked up by the roots, having a form of godliness. 
but denying the power they are. And we constantly hear about how the church needs to take advantage of the technology in the 21st century. And I agree. We, we need to be on TV and the internet and use everything we can to get the gospel message to the world. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit is what makes us effective for the kingdom. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, if we don't have the anointing in the church, we might as well close the doors. Come on, somebody. You know, I, I like drama. I like drama. Minister Bradley, I like drama. I like dance teams and praise teams. I like good singing and preaching. But without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, all of that will not change one life. The church can't set the world free until we are all set free. We can't give the word something we don't possess ourselves. There are folk who have been crippled by sin and they need a church that believes in operating in the liberty of the Holy Spirit. See, the world isn't looking for a church or people that are lifeless. They are looking for a church that's been set on fire by the Holy Spirit. It's looking for a church where there's liberty to worship God. A church where the wind of God is blowing and the fire of God is burning. When the Holy Spirit has liberty, we will see the gifts of the Spirit in operation on a regular basis. We don't have to call for the doctor and nurse. We can call for the elders of the church. Let them lay hands, put our own on us, and pray for us, and we will recover. Where is the church? Somebody tell me, what is the church? Where is the church? Peter told us that in the last days, we will experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will touch every age group and every gender. See, the Holy Spirit isn't limited to just one denomination. God wants every church that names Christ as their Savior to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants all of us to experience his outpouring in the last days. The Holy Spirit will only do what we allow him to do in our services. So if you sit on your hands and shut them out. If you cross your legs, come on somebody. <laughs> come on Lord Jesus. He will show up and show out. The Holy Spirit is looking for a place where he's welcome and can be free. And this is why it is my belief that we cannot define the next move of God by the last move of God. What he did a year and a half ago, he don't come in the same way. Come on somebody. The ushers might open the door, but he don't come in the same way. And I don't know about you, church, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad that what he did last year, ah, oh, somebody right now, he can do it differently this year. Oh, we need preachers who are not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. We need deacons who will stand flat-footed in the church and teach as the Holy Spirit enables them. If we cage up the Holy Spirit, there is no hope for our churches and for the world in which we live. Somebody say, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be right. I want power. We need a revival. And the only way we're going to see it is we take the restraints of the Holy Spirit. I believe God can revive any person, any church, any nation that will open up his doors and allow the Holy Spirit to simply be the Holy Spirit. 
You know, we can go to Capitol Hill. We can march around Capitol Hill. We can approach the senators and representatives. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost with you, things are not going to change. But I tell you one thing. Oh, you let a Holy Ghost feel person. Walk up in those sessions. Oh, y'all ain't with me right now. Let them walk in that session and say, Thus said the Lord God Almighty. Come on, somebody, and watch God do it. Watch him doing what he's been wanting to do for a long time. We need a revival. We hold the keys in our hand, and it's up to us to open the door. Is there anyone here that is willing to let the Holy Spirit free? Don't leave them caged up. Let them loose. And see, I just want to know, is there anyone that will turn over the tables and say, we're going to have church today? I want to know if there's anyone who will walk up in here and let the Holy Spirit loose before the preacher ever take the pulpit. Come on, somebody. Before the first song is sung, you already got your praise on. Inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit into the house. Stop talking about a move of God in the past tense. Or something that is to be in the future. And start walking and living in the now. Acts 1, 8 said, but you shall receive power. And after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem and in Judea. And in Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he also shall do greater works than these. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me and keep my commandments. Jesus said, I come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The Bible says uh, God has given us the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. There's more for you if you just let him out of the cage. If you just let him be God. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, when you got Jesus, uh, you got everything. There's a bird in here that we are trying to keep caged up. But when the anointing began to flow from the pulpit to the back door, something happens, church. I don't know about you, but I feel the Holy Ghost moving in the inside, coming on the outside. Are you with me today? It's time to stop looking at the former things. As if our best days are behind you. Stop asking why the lame don't walk. And the blind don't see. And the deaf don't hear. And the bound being freed. And know that your ladder is greater. Jesus said greater works shall you do. So we see as I get ready to close. As Jesus cleansed the temple. And let the doves go. The Bible said the blind and the lame came to him and he healed them. What am I saying? Is once we clean up and let the Holy Spirit loose, we can see miracles take place. Now is the time to let the Spirit loose on every battle, every triumph, every temptation, every heartbreak, and every setback. The Spirit can't even get involved unless you loose him in a situation. Loose him in your situation and let him go. Let him go. And so, as I bring this to a close, oh, Holy Spirit, 
We are messed up. But God has sent us a remedy and a plan. God has a plan. Over some 2,000 years ago, 42 generations, God had a plan. It was a plan set up for you and me. All of the promises that people waited for and did not see. All the fulfillments that they kept longing for and hoping for and waiting for would one day be realized. There would be one born of the seed of the woman and he would crush the head of a serpent. He would be Abraham's offspring, descendant of the tribe of Judah, heir to the throne of David, born of a virgin in Bethlehem, preceded by the messenger of the covenant. He was a prophet like Moses, a priest like Melchizedek, and a king like David. As the prophet said, he entered Jerusalem on a donkey. He was betrayed by his friends. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver and was accused by false witnesses. But Isaiah said uh, he was stricken, smitten, and afflicted. He was hated without cause, crucified by transgressions, buried by the rich in their wealth, and given vinegar and gall to drink. He was pierced for our transgressions and wounded for our iniquities. And not one, not one of his bones were broken. He was buried in a tomb and he rose from the dead on the third day, just like he said he would. And he died. And he died, and he died, but he got up. Somebody say he got up. Oh, with all power, all power in his hand, all power in his hand. Eyes have not seen, now ears have heard, now tongue can recite the things that God has planned for us. When Jesus is enough, when it's all about Jesus, God will come in the house and sup with us. Oh, this time, I don't know who's watching. I don't know who's sitting among me that do not know, first of all, the power of the Holy Spirit. That do not know Jesus. Will you stand to your feet? I dare not close for making sure that Christ is offered to somebody who's not given their life to Jesus. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Varina, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.NewProvidenceBaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.